right. So as Sheila and Andrew, these are our leaders for Celebrate Recovery. Yes, we're so excited. Our, our public launch is the first week of January, but they're going to tell you about the launch uh, in just a few weeks. Okay, real quick. I'm Sheila. This is my husband, Andrew. We are going to be meeting uh, beginning October 5th for our 90-day launch where we'll be praying. We'll be talking to people about Celebrate Recovery, letting you know what it is, what it's not. Um, we need leaders. We need people that have experience in recovery. Maybe you don't. That's okay. Um, but we are looking for people that have a heart for the hurting and the lost and that want to uh, help them find a good place to be that's safe, to learn about Christ and his love and his healing and his transforming power. So um, that's it in a nutshell. So October 5th, right here, starting at 6.30, we will have pizza. I think we'll have pizza that evening. So, um, so yeah. Want to say something? Quick. Um. I celebrate recovery. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I celebrate recovery from drugs, alcohol, nicotine, childhood sexual abuse, and pornography. Uh, my current struggle today is remaining dignified in God's presence, although I'm able to stand up today. That's not, I was, I was wrecked. Um, has anybody in here ever experienced grief? Okay. Has anybody in here that has experienced grief gotten peace with it? You celebrate recovery, and we need you to come help us minister to the lost that are coming in. And that's the doorway to bring them in from the street so they can identify with us as we identify with them, and then we embrace them into this sanctuary together with us. Thank you. Oh, listen. We have an official Hill Country. We have an official Hill Country Church Celebrate Recovery phone number. It's real easy to remember. If you ever need to call this number at any hour of the night, it rings Sheila and I. 833-CR is for me. That, uh, that number's already live. So thank you all. <laughs> Good. We're so excited about that. It's just another place to connect, another place for community, and it's an open door for our community our outside community as well. All right, so we are whew, we are running behind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I guess we're not running behind. We're running right on his schedule. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're a guest with us, we normally try to end at 1230, um, and that will be a miracle today. Yeah, um, we aren't offended if you have to leave, um, but it is our one chance a week to be in God's presence together as a community of believers, and it is a, a cherished time. So that's why we carry on as we do. <laughs> so last weekend, we had a huge launch for our new transformation series. It's all about transformation. How many of you have seen us Yeah, talk about that, promote that? I think we even have a slide for it. It's all about transformation. And what that was birthed from was that God began to speak to us about how to define who we are as a body and where we're going. And so we began to articulate the things that God is already doing among us and to articulate where we want to go. Amen? Isn't that good to have a, have a direction, right? Yes, we are running. We, there's no doubt that we have been running. You guys are amazing. You guys have been running after and pursuing loving Jesus with all of your hearts, as have we. 
And we just began to say, okay, God, what does this look like um, to, to carry it on to the next generation, to every ministry that we have here uh, on campus, from the Christian school, to the children's ministry, to the college, to the Silver Saints, every area, what does it look like? And, and so we felt like God wanted us, and in your homes too, not just on campus, but this is going to overflow into your homes. I think that when I read it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to resonate with you. And yes, I am re-preaching what we preached last weekend because um, we, are, we feel we need to get it on our tongues, that we can, we can say it quickly and know that it is what God is calling us together to do. All right? So you ready? HCC's mission, our mission as a, as a church, is transformation. Are we ready, Beth? I'll wait for it. Transformation. A transformed people. Equipped to transform their world. It's good, right? A transformed people equipped to transform their world. That is our mission. And after that falls everything, our vision. And the vision, as I talked about last weekend, is our mission statement imagined. It is at its full potential. What does that look like? That's the vision. So that's what we're pursuing. And then after that, we talked about our culture. And our culture is where we develop these things. That's where we get to love Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's when we talk about that. All of the core values that are hanging on the wall in the foyer that you see every time you come in the door, that is the culture that we believe God gave us to develop our mission. A transformed people equipped to transform our world. It's not just about encounter, and that's what this morning was, encounter, encounter. But from encounter, we choose transformation. We choose metamorphosis. We choose to never go back to being a caterpillar. That is what God is offering us. And I pray that as we really have articulated this, that it will begin to spill over not only into our personal lives, but into our homes, into our children, our grandchildren, into the streets. That's when our world is beginning to be transformed. Amen? We are seeing that. And just even as the next five or six weeks, and we talk about this every week, we're going to talk about a new um, element of this. Today we're talking about embracing transformation. But as we, go, as we go about doing the things that we just normally do, if we have this in our hands and on our minds, I believe that God will use us in, in a new way. We, we feel this upgrade. We feel the wings coming out. The butterfly wings are spreading. We, even Tim had a word in pre-service prayer about flying. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a caterpillar. I want to fly. Does that sound good? I'm just going gonna, gonna to stop there. So we can at least give him 30 minutes. Awesome. Hey, you remember when we played the imagine game? I mean, the the worry game in a good way? Yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking about one for my personal life. Dad, you're going to like this when you're involved in it. I was like, what if we're so transformed that we can pray ducks in when we're in the duck blind? And we pray for them to have a moment of stupidity. And come right to us. And then we'll do the rest. 
I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I, that listen, it's supposed to be fun, all right? Yeah, you can have something else in mind if you're a non-duck hunter. If you're a duck hunter, embrace it. All right, Billy Vance, I want you to stand up. This is Billy Vance. Well, today we're talking about transformation, and I just want to say this. This man is a picture of transformation. What the power and love and glory of God can do in someone's life. And Jennifer's not here. She worked overnight. But his wife, beautiful wife Jennifer and their children. I just want to say this. They were in the middle of the drug culture. And they got in their van and drove till they ran out of gas. And guess where they ran out of gas? San Marcos, Texas. They said, we need a change and we need a breakthrough. And God brought them to our house. It was actually at Egg Scramble, so if you're wondering, like, what good does Fall Fest do and Egg Scramble, it brings transformation to our community. And they came, and they embraced life, they embraced family, they embraced hard moments. I just want to say, I'm so proud of you for doing the hard things, for fixing broken area, for just saying, this is a broken area, I don't have to fix it, but here it is, Jesus, and here he comes. And, and over and over, I have watched God encounter them. There was a moment I will never forget for all of my life where Billy was standing in the foyer. And he, and he said, Tim, I don't know if God's going to show up. And God had told me I wasn't allowed to do anything. He said, I've got to prove to him who I am. And, and, and he said, we're going to have to go back home. I said, don't you dare go back home. Ask God. And I went and laid on the floor in my office and I said, God, this is your moment. And two days later, actually we married them right here. And the offering from just from people coming and throwing money on the stage broke them out of what was seemed to be going to hinder them forever. And from there, God has transformed their life. And I want to say this is a picture of transformation. Thank you, Jesus. And that's the abbreviated version, mega, t- mega. What are we talking about? We're talking about lives that look broken and never to recover, restored in the journey. And in a moment and in the process as well, both working at the same time, believing for instant transformation and embracing the process that, hey, God is working this in me. And today I want to just talk to you about embracing transformation for a minute because it, there is a power in it to understand that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. That's a spiritual truth, Right then why is not everybody transformed from it? It's because we have to embrace the truth that He wants to transform me. That He wants to take these areas that we've been lied to, that are our nature and our brokenness and from our upbringing and from sin and from what, what the product of sin has produced in our lives and we've embraced that as our normal. We've embraced that as our identity. We've embraced those things. And God is saying, no, I need you to embrace a new truth now that I am in you to transform you. 
Come on now. I am in you to transform you. How many of you have experienced any level of transformation in your life? It's the greatest thing, right? I love it. John's got both hands up. Why? Because it's the greatest thing. When there was a moment that was dead in sin and brokenness and hurt and pain and in one love kiss of the Father, you're transformed. He's so beautiful. That, and, and, and He released this place of transformation. But I, I want to implore you today that He is asking you to embrace it in a new way. He's asking you to embrace the truth that, man, there's no area in my life off limits for transformation. Man, I don't care if you've had the same habit for 40 years. God is saying, I have the power to transform that today. And you know what it requires? It requires your belief. It requires your embracing to know the promise is true. So turn with me to Hebrews 11. Nothing like the sound of Bibles turning. I love it. Hebrews 11, 17 says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He, who's he? Abraham, who had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. See, Abraham had embraced the promise and it was allowing him to do something that was radical and risk in faith. It was not presuming. It was the fact that what he had done was allowing him to believe at a different level. And what he had done was embrace the promises. He had embraced, what was the promise? Whoa, yeah. There's a lot of them. First, here's a simple one. He was going to have a son. And it's Isaac. It's the one that he's about to sacrifice. The other one is that, that from that son, Jesus would come. And all of his descendants would be more than the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. That's you. You're part of this promise. And Abraham, though, his part in the covenant, because God put him to sleep and said, hey, you can't keep any of this covenant. So I'm going to do all of this, but you have one piece, and it's to believe. It's to embrace it. It's to embrace it. And in this moment, when God says, hey, we're going to take a little trip. Where are we going? We're going to make a sacrifice. Awesome. Get the wood. Get all the things. Where's the lamb? We don't need a lamb. I'm sure at that moment, Abraham was like, hmm. And as they're going, God's speaking to him. He's like, hey. And listen, it's all about a picture that Isaac was the sacrificial lamb. He's the picture. Jesus is going to come through him, and he's already using him as the picture. And as they're going up that mountain, Abraham's embracing the promise. He's saying, God, I know that you will do it even if I kill him today. In the Hebrew, he had already determined in his mind, I will do it because I've embraced the promise. See, that's real faith. Real faith isn't, I'll do it right to the edge. Real faith is, there is no edge. I'm going for it all the way. I'm in, all in. I'm all the way in yours, Jesus. I embrace the promise. And when it comes to transformation, I want to tell you there is a promise of transformation. He has promised to transform you into your full identity in Christ. 
Christ in you, fully alive. You fully alive in Christ. That's the promise of transformation. So right now, anything that the enemy is declaring as your identity that's outside of that is a lie. And the Father is saying, hey, if you want to walk in transformation, if you want to be a transformed people equipped to transform your world, you have to embrace transformation. I don't care if you've been walking with the Lord for three weeks or 30 years. Transformation is still your portion. And we have to understand that, that it's never ending. Why? Because the more we encounter Him, the more He transforms us. And we begin to understand this. Now, I want you to understand about the word embrace real quick because it's not just believe. It actually means this. It means to receive with fervor. And and the only other time it's actually used in the Greek is in Acts 28 when Saul and them have had the shipwreck and they're on the island and it says that Pontus received them into his home. What it actually means, he embraced them. He embraced who they were and what God was doing in their life. And he received them into his home. And I want you to have that picture today as we talk about embracing that God is wanting you to invite transformation into your house to stay. He's wanting you to embrace it, say, this is my portion. See, because the problem is if we don't do this we actually begin to give power to the plan of the enemy by just saying, I guess this is who I am. I guess I'm broken like this. Well, Tim, you don't know my background. I know your background and I know it's to be transformed. And so uh, we have to begin to understand that it's to bring it in, it's to receive it and to bring it into the inside of us. It's, it's, it's not just positive thinking. I want to say that. It's faith. See, faith is what is what we're called to live in. Actually, the scriptures tells us that we're supposed to do everything in faith. And living outside of faith actually keeps us from getting into the kingdom. Okay, y'all got quiet all of a sudden. I must have just stomped on somebody's toes. I stomped on the enemy's toes. Ha! So I want to give you a definition of transformation real quick. I've been working on one, and I really feel like the Lord's been helping me. Transformation is the result of love, glory, power being embraced or allowed in to you. See, love, glory, and power, all transformation comes from those things. His love. How many have been transformed by His love? Oh my goodness, I haven't been transformed by His glory. Where all of a sudden you see Him, you're like, well, I'm different. Or His power, where His power, and I just want to say this about His power. His power is not just to do miracles. His power is at work within us to fulfill your destiny. Power is not just the the exploits of what you do. It is actually the work of God on the inside of you. I thought that was good. I like it. So we have to understand that transformation is the result of you embracing love, glory, and power. That's all around you. When it's encountering you, you embrace it and it transforms you. Why are we hanging on this so strongly? Because we don't want you to be around love, glory, and power. Celebrate it and just be like, that was nice and walk out the same. 
And the tragic thing is, if we're not careful, we'll just use it as like a fix or a buzz and we don't allow it and embrace it to come in and change us. Ooh. It's okay. Jesus was never made to be a fix. He was made to be the solution. And he came to transform us. And so I want you to understand that. Let me, let me give you another set of definitions. I think that oftentimes finding what something is, is easiest by finding what it is not. And so I, I touched on this one last week a little bit. Because uh, I have a lot of transformation going on in my mind right now. Like eight weeks worth. just, And I jumped into these notes for a few minutes last Sunday. So... Apologize if you remember some of this, but most of you won't. We're good. <laughs> what transformation is not? Transformation is not a remodel of your old self. It is not God throwing a little bit of paint and white caulk on your old body and saying, here we go, I'm going to just make this look better and get you to heaven. It's a whole place of I'm coming to bring a whole new man a whole new woman, a whole new spirit in you. It's all new. And I mean, literally, I could stand up here for an hour and talk about remodel because that's what I did. But I want to tell you, remodel construction is never as solid as new construction. Because there's always surprises. There's always surprises in remodel. And God is removing the idea of surprise and saying, I know, I've got a whole new being, and it's called Jimmy Darnell. It's not who you were. And a, and a quick illustration of that is Peter, right? Peter in Matthew 16 has one of the most amazing revelations of Jesus. Jesus says, hey, who do you say I am? He says, oh. the, the disciples say, well, some say you're a prophet, and some say you're a good man, some say you're Elijah, and Jesus is like, Really? And Peter goes, no, none of you are right. I love Peter. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Peter, and Jesus turns to Peter and says, you know what? The Spirit has revealed that to you. And I no longer call you Simon Barjona. I now call you Peter. What was he saying? This is a revelation only the Spirit can bring. And we have to understand that God is looking to transform us by things. See, it was a spirit moment of love, glory, and power showing up to Peter. And from that moment, Jesus declares you, I now call you Peter, no longer Simon. You're not who you are. I know you're about to mess up grandly and deny me, but it's okay. I call you Peter because you've had a love encounter moment. See, it's not determined by your behavior. You would think he would call Peter. That's the leaders of CR. What I'm saying is this. Jesus didn't wait to declare transformation until after he had messed up. He just went ahead and said, this is who you are. Because the Spirit of God is working on the inside of you. And we, be, we have to understand that. See, it's the whole idea of being born again. I just got to skip that. John 3, Jesus says, hey, to understand the kingdom, you got to be born again. To get into the kingdom, you have to be born again. He said the flesh gives birth to flesh, the spirit gives birth to spirit. And God is saying, I'm wanting to birth things in you by my spirit. And they, call, they come out of transformation. 
Ezekiel 36, 26, I just want to say this. I read the first part last week that he wants to give you a new heart, not a heart of stone. But it also says, I want to give you a new spirit. And I want to put my spirit on the inside of you. It's driving me nuts. Was it dry? Is that better, Kathy? Do I need to do this one too? See, we have to understand this. That God is not only, He's not just saying, hey, I want to, I want to revive your soul and make your body strong. He said, I have a new spirit for you and I'm going to put my spirit in there. I'm going to come and habitate on the inside of you. Transformation is reliant and equal to habitation. If the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, I just want to encourage you right now that transformation is happening. Because habitation is happening. Okay, so the first thing it's not, it's not a remodel. The second thing it is not, it is not a conforming to a new pattern. And and here, I want to take the scripture in Romans, right? Romans tells us that, be trained, all right, let's just go there. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, right? No more conforming to the patterns of this world. Everybody say amen. Amen. We're no longer conforming to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Aren't you happy there? He didn't say, but now I have a new set of rules and pattern that you have to obey. Now you have to conform to a new, what I call the new New Testament law. Well, if we're not careful, the enemy will try to come and constantly move us into New Testament law. Hey, Tom, did you prophesy over someone this week? Tom's like, yeah, I did. (laughs) But what if you didn't? Are you going to feel condemnation from it? I'm about to list a list of things that are so good in your spiritual life, but they cannot be law. Hey, the the enemy comes and says, hey, you didn't read your Bible this week. Oh, you didn't pray this week. How much did you give this week? And the minute it shifts into condemnation, I just want to tell you, there's no way it's a spiritual benefit to your life. And God said, I didn't call you to conform to a new pattern. I called you to be transformed and live out of it. Oh, and then by the way, you'll do all the things I want you to do because you're transformed. You'll want to read the Bible. Why? Because it's the living word. You'll want to pray and connect with me. Man, we'll never have to ask you to give. You'll be like, where's the box to give? Because that's what transformation does. The, the idea of conforming to a new pattern is terrible. And I just want to say, in 2,000 years of the church, it has not worked. Because the enemy is constantly trying to get us back to law. Hey, just get back to, you've got to conform, you've got to conform to this. And God's saying, no, I need you to be transformed. So it's not confirmation of a new pattern. Third thing, it is not. It is not religious behavior modification. What do I mean by that? It's not doing a whole bunch of spiritual religious things to make us different. Let's use worship, which, man, you guys know, we love it here. We love worship. But if we're not careful, we'll think that that we have to do this. Like, i got to have Bethel music on 24-7 to be transformed. There's nothing wrong with Bethel music. But I know people that don't have any music in their life. 
or they're still singing, shall we gather at the river? And they're having radical God encounters that's transforming them. What I'm saying is if we're not careful, we'll move into things and we have religious ideas that we think are helping or are causing our transformation. Religious behavior modification. I used to do this, but I don't do that anymore. A better one, though, is I used to do this, but I don't even have an appetite for that anymore. That's transformation. One of them says, I just, oh, it's so hard, but I don't do it anymore. I want to do it every morning. I wake up, I want to do it. And God's saying, no, no, that's not transformation. That's just you trying to modify your behavior. And listen, there's habits and good things that come out of that. But I'm talking about the power of transformation. Never going back to a caterpillar requires transformation. And see, listen, in in Galatians 6.15, he's talking about circumcision. He says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters. The only thing that counts is what? New creation. It must be up there. Yes. See, it's what counts. What he's saying is you can circumcise it. You can not circumcise it. None of that matters. That's all religion. And so many of us, if we're not careful, the enemy tries to cause us to get into this idea of religious behavior modification and we think that's what's going to lead us to living differently. And all that is is exhausting. It's exhausting to live in religious behavior modification. I want to just say this. If the enemy is putting things on you that's exhausting you, or if you're putting them on yourself, I just want to tell you that's not in this spirit of transformation. Because his burden is easy and his burden is light. And he's saying, I don't want to put things on you to exhaust you. Just shake it off. I can feel it. Like, But what about? No. He doesn't put things on us to exhaust us. If you're carrying someone else's burden and it's exhausting you, stop it. Stop. It's the Lord's burden to carry. And when He tells you to pick it up, it's going to feel light. And if you're like, oh, I'm just, my kids, kids, I'm tired. I got to just pray them into the kingdom. Stop it. You've got to get into transformation in that area and begin to believe that, God, you want this more than I do. And I trust you and believe in you. I embrace the promise that my children, because they were raised righteous, are going to follow you and love you with all their heart. See the difference? Please see the difference. One is exhausting, and I want to tell you it's not God's way. It can sound religious like, oh, I'm just so exhausted praying for people. Stop it. Yeah, it's law. And all those are prayers like, ah, I'm mad at him now. I'm just giving you a formula for it to be easier. Amen? Okay. I got seven minutes. According to my iPad, I have six. According to my watch, I have ten. So what, what is transformation? Well, transformation, again, is the result of glory, love, glory, and power embraced and allowed in us, changing us, right? Never the same. So 
then we have to understand that it is actually, and I said this so many times last week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but it is your identity transformed into your original intent. It's your original DNA, the DNA that God put in you, the God DNA. It says that actually there was a DNA transfer when you became a believer. You took on God's DNA. That's why he can call you a child. Not even just adopted child, even though that is a beautiful picture. He's also saying, I gave you my DNA. I gave it to you. And so I just want to do three things real quick that he changes from what to what, okay? Two of them are really easy. They're in one scripture. This is the one in 1 Peter 2.7. I'm going to read it out of the message. The message is, I like it. It just doesn't have verses, so you have to look a little bit. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him. That's transformed people. Amen? Amen. To tell others of the night and day difference He made for you. And this is where he's changing it. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. That's transformation. He's saying all the things that declares you are a nothing, the moment I came into you, I now declare you a something. The moment where sin, first of all, declares you rejected by God, and then what sin did, where people reject you, hurt you, declare things over you that cause you to want to live in rejection. He says, no, I now call you accepted. Now, let me just get where the rubber meets the road here. Can you embrace that? The Father's asking you right now, will you embrace that truth? Will you embrace that He took you from nothing to something and from rejected to accept it. He's saying, listen, in order for it to happen in your life fully, you have to embrace it. You have to let it in. Or it's just another spiritual thing that you know. And in the end of the day, on the inside, you actually see, but that's never for me. For everyone else in the room. And I just want to tell you, that is not a truth. It is yours today to embrace. He is yours today to embrace. I actually feel like I'm supposed to end right there. Go ahead and stand up. Why? Because we're going to just invite the Spirit of Transformation, who is the Holy Spirit. You got something down there? One of the most amazing things about this process of transformation is that it is a process. And it is a journey that we may never complete until we're in heaven, right? He's making us perfect, the Bible tells us. And, uh, you know, we, some of the examples that we've been using are radical illustrations of transformation coming from darkness to light. But I want to get right in to our hearts for just a minute, if that's okay. Because what I feel like that God is after If you think you're transformed completely, I think you need to take another look. (laughs) 
There are places in our heart that he is still after, that he's still calling us up in. Places of pain. I am telling you, he wants you to be whole. He wants me to be whole in our hearts, completely whole. Any area that causes pain, we need transformation. Any place of fear, any place of doubt, any place of, you know, that just doesn't belong in your heart is a place that he is calling us to be in transformation process. You know, and I really feel like that love and power, we've just been kind of toggling between this morning. Love and power, love and power. Love is power. Yes. And power is love. And he is in the room today. He's made it very clear. He is in the room with power and love. And I just feel like that. Just lift your hands up. And, you know, if you're ready to embrace transformation, as I started with, the, you know, when, when I started earlier, transformation is not encounter. The Pharisees encountered Jesus. And most of them didn't change. Most of them didn't transform. We can encounter Jesus and stay the same. But if we choose to embrace transformation, he will guide us right in to a new place. He will guide us right in to that that place in your heart that still has pain. It may be uncomfortable, and it may not be what you uh, were thinking about transformation, in fact. It may not be quite as exciting as you thought to become a butterfly, But oh, to live free of pain, to live whole. Jesus, we embrace transformation today. Take every part. We thank you for transformation that you have done in our hearts so far. And we say yes to what you want to do next. Renew our minds. Help us renew our minds to believe that it can be even better than we know, that you are better than we know. We want the full power of redemption in our lives beyond our wildest dreams. We just let the cross ride into our hearts today, God. God, you're good. Time. Thank you, Tim. Excellent word. And Elizabeth, really, we got <laughs> both today. Um, our senior pastors, Tim and Elizabeth Darnell, are going to be standing out in the foyer. If you're new with us or haven't met with them, um, we just encourage you to come to get to know us a little bit. And uh, there's so many sign-up sheets in the foyer, I can't list them all. But uh, just ask the Lord where he's leading you on that. If you need prayer for anything today, we're going to have the altar team. I'm just going to ask them to come up. That's my wife. Yes. Um, so we've got uh, people just ready to pray for you, whatever's going on. We just thank the Lord for the healing that also took place today. Um, it's just amazing. So if you've got something else going on, they would love to pray with you. Otherwise, I'd just say, be blessed. We dismiss you. Uh, if you're going to Young Family Community, we'll be at Hat Creek Burger Company here in San Marcos, and have a wonderful week.